When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the American Pipeline podcast presented by Benham Jim McKenney Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. This is Sydney Wolf from the Rink Live. Sydney, how you doing? Doing good. It finally feels like, I guess, kind of summer weather here in Minnesota. Like, I feel like it's been back and forth, cold and hot the past few weeks. Really confusing. But finally, it's been nice. I feel like I can put away my winter stuff with, like, a little bit of confidence this yeah. week. So it feels pretty nice. I feel like we're finally into that off season. Like, the weather's changing. You know, NHL playoffs are in full swing. And we also have tons of junior hockey playoffs as well that are getting really close to finding out who who the champions are and all that cool, fun, good stuff. Yeah, you know, it's 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 pretty much summer today in, in Toronto as well. 21 degrees, you know, feeling good, feeling feeling fun, feeling flirty. Sounds good. Um, let's get into, though, the USHL, you know, the, the Clark Cup finals. They've been set. What happened basically since the last time we recorded? Because it seems like a lot went down. So we've been having the playoffs now for a couple of weeks. We had to narrow it down team by team, series by series. And we had a lot of fun stuff happen like earlier this week to finally decide who's going to go to the Clark Cup finals and compete for for the cup and and for the title. So really exciting uh, past few weeks here and especially since we last recorded. So this was kind of the big one was that Youngstown ended up taking down Chicago in uh, in an overtime thriller in that final game to to clinch the series three to one. So that was a really uh, fun one because obviously overtime when one team is on the on the verge of clinching always makes things really really exciting and and really tense if you're watching. So that was a, a really fun one. And Will Whitelaw ended up getting that game winning goal, and he's a name a lot of people have heard if you're paying attention to to draft prospects. He's up there on a lot of people's boards. So he got that game winner. And Chicago, I don't know, like this year and last year, Chicago had a lot of really good players. They had a lot of hype behind them. And last year and this year, they just weren't able to do it mm. and weren't able to go all the way. Honestly, it just seems like they just don't have the decor, I guess, that some of the other teams have. I think in the last game that they played in that overtime one, their goalie faced like over 40 shots or something. So I don't know if they were just hoping he would just save everything. Um, but that was a lot compared to to Youngstown. So they end up, you know, not, not getting to the final again. Um, but one big thing that people did like to point out is that Macklin Celebrini was out for that final game. So that was kind of... You know, a, a big bummer for a lot of Chicago fans. A lot of them saying, well, what would have happened if if he was able to play that game? I don't know. Maybe it would have helped, but I don't know. It seems like Youngstown really wanted that, and they just had had it kind of locked down, and they had a, a they have a really good roster all around, which we'll talk about. But so Youngstown able to, to clinch that series, and they move on to the Clark Cup final. So that's really, really cool. Uh, and then on the other side of the series, Fargo ends up taking down Lincoln, also in four games. Um, and that one, Fargo, it was kind of expected. I mean, Fargo was the best regular season team all year. But some people always say, you know, well, when you're the best regular season team, that can kind of curse you. I mean, we saw that in the NHL, 
We see that in tons of other leagues when you're the best team in the regular season. Sometimes that curses you a little bit. Uh, then you slip up in, in the playoffs or as you get closer and closer to the end. But Fargo is a really, really good team right now, and they're just playing really, really good hockey. So they push past Lincoln, and they're headed to uh, to the Clark Cup Finals. So that was really crazy. Uh, those two series, fun to watch, and, and some really good uh, players, some really good goals, all that good stuff. And this is kind of an interesting fact. Everybody keeps bringing this up on social media, but Youngstown and Fargo were actually both in the Clark Cup back in 2018. They met in the finals, and Fargo won that year um and it's also interesting because they're the two furthest teams in the ushl like west and and well they're they're like a thousand miles apart so it's like fargo way up here and youngstown's way on on the other side so that's a a really long bus ride if you're if you're those teams i believe they're playing games one and two in fargo and then they'll go to youngstown and then come back to fargo uh if they need uh but that's going to be interesting because that is a very 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 long road trip. I assume a lot of fans are not going to be uh, making that trip, Uh, but it'll be really fun. I think this is going to be a really interesting series. I thought I would just kind of go through both of the rosters a little bit and just talk about some of the the top prospects, I guess, that if you watch some of the games this weekend that happen, who who might you be looking at? Uh, And for Youngstown, they have a really fun to watch top line and they have a couple of draft picks already in here. Shane Lachance, who is an Edmonton prospect, is on that top line, along with Will Whitelaw, who we just talked about. He's definitely going to get drafted here this summer. Um, and another guy that could get drafted is uh, Martin Misiak, who, or again, international player. Sorry if I say his name not 100% correct, but he's been great since he joined the team. He's from Slovakia. He's been really, really good. Also a guy that could get drafted this offseason. Uh, and then they've also just had some really good defensive por- performances to North Dakota commit. Andrew Strathman has been really, really good so far in, in the playoffs. They also have New York Islanders prospect Tomas Machu. Let me see if they have this on here. Tom- Tomesh Machu. Yeah, look at the pronunciation guide. Always got to do that. Um, but those guys have been really, really good. And they've also had some nice performances from other guys too, like Andon Serbone. Um, Kenta Sogai has been good in, in the playoffs as well. And they're mostly, uh, they also have really good goaltender, Jacob Fowler, who we've heard a ton of, you know, draft news about as well. So they got a lot of, a lot of good prospects on here. So not super surprised that Youngstown ends up making it to the final because they got, uh, some, some really good prospects here and some names that I'm sure you'll hear more and more in the future as they get into their careers. And uh, Fargo, too, another team. Like I said, they've been essentially the best team all year. So for them, they seem to be kind of, I guess, the favorite if you're going to be picking, like, who's more likely to win just because they've been playing such, such good hockey all year. Uh, But you can't count Youngstown out, that is for sure. But for Fargo, they have – you know, really young player, Max Swanson, who's been tearing it up this year. He's actually a 2024 draft guy, so he's got a whole nother year still. Uh, Cole Knubel's kind of been one of their leaders for their team. And then Werner Mietinen, uh, whose brother is Vidi, who's a Leafs prospect. He's playing in the USHL right now. He's had good playoffs. And they just have up and down the lineup kind of just, you know, some good forwards, a strong decor. They have two goalies that they can switch between. Um, they also have Owen Mellenbacher, who we talked about a few weeks ago for for Detroit prospects. So they have some really good players on this roster, too. And I think we're going to get a really, really fun 
uh, Clark Cup final here because we got some just a lot of talent all around on both of these teams. And I'm just really excited to, to see what happens. Fargo starts out at home, so I assume they're going to have a little bit of the edge in, in the first two games. But I don't know. I'm just hoping for good games and and to see some just really awesome performances. Very cool. Well, it sure sounds like it. Um, speaking of the USHL, and this is what I find very funny about this league is that you can do um, <clears throat> you can do trades in the middle of the playoffs. So uh, we have a trade here. We got. I mean, I guess you technically can in, in the NHL. It just you know takes a. It, it usually doesn't happen this way, but. Um, there are a couple trades here, starting with Omaha, who receives for Ethan Fredericks and a 2025 eighth round phase one pick. Um, and then going the other way to Muskegon is a 2025 fourth round phase one pick and a fourth round phase two pick. Yeah, a couple of just random trades that happened. These teams, I think, are kind of, well, none of them are playing anymore, except for this next one. We'll talk about Fargo was a part of that one. But for this one, if you're Muskegon, you get two picks. And if you're Omaha, you get one sort of late round pick and then you also get forward Ethan Fredericks who is a uh, sort of a younger guy but he has played a ton of USHL games he'll turn 19 in November so not necessarily like an old player but this is going to be his third full USHL season so he's been playing like a ton of USHL games very experienced um, will eventually be playing uh, division one hockey this year he had most well, he played for two teams, but for Muskegon, who he played most of his games for, he had 14 points in 35 games, uh, and is a six-two forward. So just a guy to to add to some depth, I guess, in your lineup. Absolutely. All right, we got another one um, in that Dakota McIntosh uh, from Madison going to Fargo uh, for a 2023 second round phase two pick. Yeah, Dakota McIntosh is a player that I'm kind of glad is going to be getting a shot here, I assume, since they traded for him. Um, he's going to get a shot likely for Madison because he's a guy that, well, so this, not this last year, but the year before that, played in the Null and then played a couple USHL games and then started out in the USHL and then played pretty much this entire season in the BCHL. So he's been kind of on the cusp of like, making that USHL roster and being on the team, but he had really, really promising numbers in the BCHL. So it seems like he's doing really good there, but he's kind of in that gap of, can he make it onto the USHL roster or are they going to keep him in a different league? He's going to be a division one committee, six foot two. So he's got good size. He's actually a Canadian guy from, from Winnipeg and he's going to be turning 19. So again, another guy that's not super young, but he's not super old. Um, so we'll see if he's going to be, uh, I assume, getting a shot with Madison and then Fargo will receive uh, uh, next year a second round phase two pick. So that's a guy that I assume is probably going to be getting a shot and, and a guy that I think probably deserves it because it seems like he's been able to produce in a lot of other leagues. So might as well give him give him a try in the USHL. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, moving over to uh, the NCAA here is that there's signings, you know, sign. It seems like we never we never stop with the signings here. Um, so let's start with Wilmer Skoog, a great name. I love that. It sounds like a oh yeah. It sounds like a like a Coen Brothers movie name. Like oh the well, I guess it's the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is the movie name, but the Ballad of Wilmer Skoog uh, sounds. He's from BU. He signs with the Charlotte Checkers, who is uh, you know the the Carolina or no, they aren't the Carolina Hurricanes uh, affiliate anymore. I don't believe who. <laughs> Who, wait, who, who does, who the Charlotte Checkers? I, say, I don't even know anymore. I can't keep hold track. On, no, because I remember it made no sense that they, hold on. I talk about so many NHL teams that I'm like, 
the AHL, I feel like I know a couple of them, but sometimes I'm like, wow, there is just for the Florida Panthers. So it's okay, I was gonna say Panthers. if they're not in the same state, a lot of times I'm like, we'll see, take a stab at it and see. Which if it's is right. okay. So that's super weird because it makes it should make sense that they're like they're they're in it's Charlotte and it's uh, anyway you know crazy stuff. Anyway, it's <laughs> the Florida Panthers um, uh, AHL affiliate uh, is where Wilmer Skoog, guy with a great last name, is gone. Yeah, I just wanted to include some of these signings because in the past few weeks we've had so much news that I didn't really have time to fit these into our into our pods. So I thought this week would be a good time to just mention them. A lot of them were teams that played in the Frozen Four, so obviously their season wasn't over until the very end. And then we've had so much news recently, I wanted to at least put it in at some point in the pod. So like you said, love the name Wilmer Skoog. Uh, good, good free agent signing here. Uh, one of the older guys, 23 years old. Guy from Sweden, six foot two, so he's pretty tall there. And as a senior, he had 31 points in 37 games, so pretty good point production there. And he had uh, good seasons in his junior and senior years, so I think that's a, a, a pretty solid AHL signing. Fantastic. Um, another one, Dominic Fensor, or Fensore. Yes, sorry, Fensore. Yeah, yeah. Another BU signing here, two-year ELC, this time with the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, so this guy is definitely not the the biggest guy out there, only listed at like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, uh, left shot defenseman, but he was really, really good for BU, obviously a team that made the Frozen Four 21, so he's definitely uh, not like the oldest guy we've seen some of those older guys like 24 25 here so 21 year old from new york he was a 2019 third round pick former national team guy and was a senior captain for bu and he kind of like wilmer skoog uh put up a, a good amount of points this year. So just seems like he all around had a solid four-year NCAA career and seemed like he was ready to move on to that next level. And uh, we'll see how he does uh, this upcoming year, but I think he'll probably be pretty good again. He's not the biggest guy, uh, but he's shown that he can put up uh, points and, and be an effective player. Absolutely. All right. Then rounding out our uh, trio of BU signings here, we have Matt Brown, who signs a PTO with Lehigh Valley, which is the Flyers' AHL affiliate. Interesting that he'd sign a PTO uh, in the middle of the playoff season, but maybe he might get in the lineup. Maybe he won't. We'll see. Um, but very, very interesting. Yeah, and some of these are, you know, a, a week or two old here, too. Mm -hmm. As uh, Like I said, we had so much news recently that I just decided to put these in. This is another guy, too. Uh, wasn't the tallest guy, five. Five nine, um, again one of the older guys, twenty three year old senior, had forty seven points in thirty nine games though, so had a really really electric season, um, and was second in the team in in total points. And originally played two years at UMass Lowell and then transferred to BU. And just an, another guy who had a really solid NCAA career. So I'm not surprised that someone wanted to scoop him up and give him a shot. Yeah, absolutely. All right now we got a trio of Quinnipiac. Uh, you know, big, big, uh, big heavy hitters, the, the reigning national championship uh, or national champions. We got Skylar Brindamore, who is the son of Rod Brindamore. Uh, and now when I first saw this, I thought, oh, he signs with the Charlotte Checkers. Sorry, the Charlotte Checkers. So I thought, oh, nepotism. But no, they are they are not the Carolina Hurricanes AHL affiliate anymore. They are the Florida Panthers. They signs a two year AHL deal with them. Yeah. And this is a guy that was originally drafted. I want to say, yeah, it was like. Edmonton or something like uh, yeah that? drafted by Edmonton yeah. but he didn't sign he's 2017 yeah. as you have here lovely prep that that Sydney does oh uh, yeah I 20... was gonna say I'm not even not even reading not even reading team. your own prep it's the 2017 sixth round pick but he didn't sign yeah so he ends up instead uh finding a team that likely you know was really really 
probably wanted him, passionate about him. Good sized guy though, six foot two. 23 years old, you know, in his senior season, he had his best kind of year points wise, 32 points in 41 games. So nothing too shabby there. I was expecting him to, you know, find a, find the AHL deal somewhere. And he did just that. So that's the first of our couple of Quinnipiac ones here. Fantastic. All right. Another one is Zach Metza uh, signs a two-year AHL deal with the Rochester Americans, who is Buffalo, the Buffalo Sabres AHL affiliate here. Um, another very interesting, uh, uh, signing he's he's pretty old he's 24 and somewhat undersized uh at 5'9 but 37 points last year not too bad yeah this was like one of uh the really really good college hockey players this year honestly in in my opinion he was really good he was the top scoring defenseman at Quinnipiac like you said Nash or yeah they're the reigning college hockey champion so he's a big part of that another guy that's not necessarily the biggest five foot nine right shot defenseman uh 24 like you said a little bit older but that's because he did five years of ncaa and had 37 points this year and last year he was a captain you know he was the top scorer last year for quinnipiac so just a, a really really good offensive defenseman and he had a couple just awesome moments in the frozen four this year too so i think he's a guy that'll be uh, a really really good pickup to have if uh you're a buffalo fan to kind of have in their system Absolutely. And then finally, we got Michael Lombardi signs an ATO with the Tucson Roadrunners, who it, who are the uh, Arizona Coyotes AHL affiliate. Another older guy, fifth year, um, but he did score in his first uh, AHL game, which is pretty great. Yeah, I think he just registered one AHL game like at the at the end of the season, but uh, he scored his a goal in his in the only AHL game he got in for this year. So that seems like a good sign, you know, start off your pro career on a good note. Uh, he had 22 points this year and uh, an older guy, 24, but he's a six foot forward. So another guy headed to the AHL and uh, will be trying out his luck in in the professional leagues. Very cool. All right, well. We now have uh, another thing here uh, on the NCAA, which is, you know, it's become a trend here ever since, uh, you know, they switch coaches and everything is that more Minnesota state prospects um, have flipped their commitment uh, either to Wisconsin or they've decommitted to other programs. Very interesting. There's just a wave of recruits that are, are you know, like uh, uh, heading for the hills, as they like to say. Yeah, there's been a lot in just this week and last week and over the past couple of weeks here just because when you have a coach a coach and an assistant coach from one school go to another school a lot of those guys probably wanted to go to that program a lot of them for that coaching staff so we saw quite a few guys either just decommit and go to other programs in general or they're going to be following that coaching staff to Wisconsin but in some good news I'll talk about at the end of this uh, Minnesota State did get some new recruits under the new coaching staff. So they do have some good things as well. It's not all bad. Um, but some of the guys recently we've talked about, we've already talked about a couple of the guys who've decommitted in the recent weeks, but just uh, recently Gavin Morrissey, who is over a point per game score right now for the Austin Bruins of, of the NAHL, and they're still in their playoffs right now. Uh, he announced he's flipping to Wisconsin. And so did just today, actually, I just saw this this morning, uh, Jack Phelan, who's a defenseman for Sioux Falls of the USHL. So two of those guys decided, you know what, maybe they committed to Minnesota state originally for Mike, Mike Hastings and, uh, and uh, that program's assistant coach, and they want to go follow them to Wisconsin. So they're going to be doing that. Uh, another big one that uh, was kind of interesting was Graham Gamash, who was a really good player. I want to say he was with Tri-City uh, this year. He decommitted, but instead of going to Wisconsin, he's actually going to Providence now. So kind of a 
completely different flip there, completely different school, completely different, you know, conference and program, all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so he just takes completely different direction there. Uh, and then another one that was pretty recent, but this one was, has been expected for, for a while now. It just finally got like confirmed, announced, all that stuff. Aaron Pionk no longer going to be going to Minnesota state. He's going to Minnesota Duluth, but everyone was kind of expecting this to happen um, because he has, you know, family ties to UMD. He's from the Duluth area. So wasn't really surprising. And he's related to a lot of the, the Pionks. If that name is familiar to you, he's uh, he's a part of them. Is he um, part of like the Neil? Uh, yeah, Neil yeah, is okay. Neil is his brother. So yeah, there's uh, there's there's a couple of them, but yeah, he's he's a part of that, and he's a guy who uh, also could get drafted this summer as well. He actually played for the Null last year, was really good. This year, moved up to the USHL, and has been a, a really good defenseman for the Waterloo Blackhawks. So. Honestly, a lot of people kind of saw that commit to UMD coming just because he's from the Duluth area. He has family ties to to UMD. It just kind of seemed like the choice everybody was waiting to just hear confirmed. So now that's finally a thing. Um, and I know a lot of UMD fans excited to, to see that they'll have him likely for this upcoming fall. But in some good news, though, for Minnesota State fans, it's not all bad. Don't worry, your recruits aren't all leaving. I know there's a couple that are still staying the course, but they've actually gotten three really, really good recruits, in my opinion, over the past um, like week and a half here or so. And I think they're all really good, and they're really going into the, the Minnesota pipeline, kind of. So I already knew a lot of these guys, so I was excited to see them commit there. Uh, they get a commit from a big defenseman, Liam Hupka, who just finished out his high school season winning a state tournament here in Minnesota and played the, the end of the season with Sioux City of the USHL. So he's still kind of a young guy, but it's going to be a really good defenseman to have in their pipeline. They also pick up a guy who just finished high school as well, Jordan Ron, who played for Champlain Park here in Minnesota. But he joined the NHL after his high school season ended and just tore it up. Like he was really, really good uh, in the NHL. So I wouldn't be surprised if a USHL team really wants him because he was drafted uh, last week in that draft. So he's another really, really good up and coming player. And then they also got a, a recruit from who I just actually wrote a story about him for the rink live today, Sam Rice, who is the leading scorer of the Chippewa steel in the, in the NHL this year in his first year in junior hockey. And he was, he's really, really good. I watched some film of him earlier and his goals were really good. So they, they get three really good prospects into their pipeline that are all committed to the new program, the new coaching staff. So it seems kind of scary if you're a Minnesota State fan because you have all these guys kind of either following the coach and everybody else to Wisconsin or they're just going somewhere else altogether. Um, but you're getting really good new prospects coming in. You know, you got to kind of just trust the process. There's going to be turnover, but you want to make sure you have guys on your team that want to be there. You don't want to just take guys because they're committed to you a long time ago. You want to make sure they want to be there and – they want to play for you and they want to play for the program. So I think it's good. And uh, the three prospects they just got are, I think, going to be really, really good players. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like it. All right. Well, we are now into the Calgary Flames when it comes to, you know, digging in through teams, uh, prospects in the uh, American pipeline. Let's start. Let's start. Um, you know, let's start getting getting down on the Calgary Flames prospects here. So Cade Littler, um, you know, from the BCHL and from Cedar Rapids of the USHL. Interesting seventh round pick from this last year, uh, this last year's draft, but good size, good point production in the BCHL. What can we expect? 
Yeah, this is a player I put first on the list just because it kind of goes with what we were just talking about with Minnesota State and their prospects. So he was a guy who was originally committed to go to Minnesota State, but I just saw someone tweet like yesterday or two days ago that he took Minnesota State out of his Instagram bio. So I assume that he probably also is going to be going somewhere else, whether that's Wisconsin or just another school altogether. I don't know, but usually that's like step one when you're decommitting is you like take it out of your bio or you delete your Instagram post when you commit it or, mm. you know, things like that. So although it's not official and he hasn't recommitted anywhere, it seems like he's probably also going to be doing something else. Um, but he was a Minnesota state commit and he has a really, really good player for a seventh round pick. He's honestly a, a pretty good deal as of just his stats right now. He's a six foot three center. So got good size too turns 19 this summer, and he had 68 points in 51 BCHL games this year. So really, really good stats. And he was that player who joined Cedar Rapids for like one or maybe two games at the end of the season that we said just got kind of randomly inserted into the lineup at the end of the year. Um, but no, he's a he's a really, really good player. I'll be interested to see if he does officially decommit and, and announce that he's going somewhere else. But as of now, we don't know. Very cool. All right. Another one is Matt Coronado. You know, pretty uh... – Pretty well known of their of their prospects here, and that you know for you know, he was a first round pick, thirteenth overall back in twenty twenty one, and you know he had a big year at Harvard, and he also played this year in the NHL. He made the leap to uh, to pro. What can we expect from Matt Coronado? He's definitely one of yeah the the big prospects in this pipeline. One of the players that I'd assume on this list is probably the name that most people would know. Um, because he's just a really, really good player, uh, really good forward. He was the 13th overall pick, so was drafted really high. Over a point per game this season at Harvard this year as a sophomore, so he left after his sophomore season, and he was able to get in one NHL game with the Flames at, at the tail end of the year here after his uh, college season was over. And I believe he's also playing in the men's worlds, if I'm not mistaken. I know they're just about to like get started. I think that's like today maybe tomorrow. I know they played a pre-tournament game, something something like that. It's been kind of a whirlwind of a week, but um, he's been really, really good. And he had two really solid NCAA seasons and two really good USHL seasons before that. So honestly, it seemed like he was pretty ready to make the jump. And I wasn't surprised when he announced that he'd be leaving after sophomore year because everybody in college hockey kind of knew Matt Coronado and that he was like, so good so not surprised by it and I think he's definitely going to be one of the the main younger prospects for for Calgary here going forward yeah absolutely all right now we got Demetrios Kumansis um which might be the most Greek name I've ever heard in my entire yes. life um so I'm gonna guess that's uh that's where he he originates from or his family does but uh this is a guy he played he's now in the uh well he was from Arizona State now he's in the ECHL with Idaho um Older guy, you know, 23 years old, played five years of NCAA hockey. Uh, yeah, and here he is. Yeah, played a lot of college hockey, used up all of his eligibility. This year he had 18 points in 37 games, which I think was like one of two of his best seasons. So not necessarily a guy who's going to put up like a crazy amount of points, but pretty good amount of points. I mean, he was a 2018 fourth-round pick, so maybe not necessarily posting as as many crazy stats as some people might have assumed he would have when he was drafted, but still did pretty good. I mean, he, a little bit older just because he did play five years of NCAA hockey, but it looks like he did join the ECHL for 10 games and he had five points in those 10 games. So he was at least able to put up some good numbers in the ECHL. Maybe he's a guy that 
could end up moving up to the AHL. I'm not really sure, but uh, he had good stats in, in that league at the tail end of the season. Not really sure what to expect from him there, um, but we'll see. I assume he would probably start there for the upcoming season, but yeah, I, I don't really know. We will have to see. All right, now we got Josh Nodler or Nodler, either one. Um, he is a 2019 fifth round pick um, from UMass. He's transferring, though, to Bowling Green. Yeah, this is a guy that's kind of been on a bunch of different schools here. He's on his third transfer right now, and just because it seems like it, his college career hasn't really, it seems like, been going the way he's wanted it, uh, which is unfortunate. But he was a 2019 fifth round pick, five foot eleven forward. Uh, he played three years at Michigan State and had you know 15 points in 36 games, which was his best season his junior year. This past year, played at UMass didn't do so great. And then now he's transferring again to Bowling Green. So it seems like he's kind of just seeing if another change might help him, but I don't know. It just seems like college hockey hasn't really gone his way necessarily. Um, And I'm just going to be interested to see if this next transfer does help him a little bit, or if it's going to be like this last year when he transferred to UMass and it seems like that likely wasn't the best fit for him. So kind of unfortunate to see, but uh, we'll see what happens this year when he's playing for Bowling Green. We sure will. All right. Uh, then we have Jake Boltman of Notre Dame, you know, big right shot defenseman, uh, 2020 third round pick. Yeah, he had a good sophomore season uh, this year, 13 points, you know, nothing crazy, but he put up a couple. Like to see a little bit more offense from him, maybe just a couple more points tacked on. Um, or his sophomore season, he had 13 and this year just had uh, five points. So he's a guy who, yeah, just isn't going to be producing a, a ton of points for you. He's not going to be, you know, that offensive defenseman putting up a ton of goals or anything this year. He had a goal and four assists last year. He had a goal and 12 assists. So I think he could maybe round out his game with a little bit more offense maybe, but he's a guy I would assume is staying for next year for his senior season to just kind of keep playing, keep elevating his game and keep, you know, getting yourself better and better before you decide to take that next step. Absolutely. And then rounding it all out here is Arseny Sergaev, uh, you know, Russian goalie, 20 year old, 2021 uh, seventh round pick. But, you know, considering that this team has Dustin Wolf, who was a seventh round pick, we never know when it comes to goalies. Their draft position shouldn't really tell you anything. What can we expect from this guy? Yeah, it's always kind of hard to tell with goalies, uh, but mm-hmm. I think he should end up being a good prospect. He's got the size, six foot three. You know, people want a lot of goalies nowadays to be those taller guys, so he's got that. Um, I thought he had a really promising freshman year this year. He had a .912 save percentage in, in 19 games for UConn. Um, so I think he could end up being a pretty good seventh-round pick. He was only a freshman, so I assume as he gets older, he's going to get more and more starts and just become, you know, I assume UConn's go-to guy. Um, but again, a guy that is likely just going to come back for next year and and keep rounding out his game, playing more and more games and just keep getting better, better and better uh, each day and each week. Very cool. All right. Well, we appreciate the podcast, Sydney. This is going to be great. Um, we will be back next week to, I guess, break down the Clark cup and then uh, also go through another team. As always, it's been a blast. Uh, if you'd like to listen to this podcast or any of our past, um, any of our past podcasts uh, on any of the THN podcasts, go to thehockeynews.com slash podcast. Uh, that's where you can find all the archives. Until next week, though, Sydney, take care, and we will see you later.